Good to see everybody. Glad you're here. And uh, congratulations, you're now part of the choir. <laughs> you know, that's how we do things. We just kind of slide it in, the rehearsal, the practice, the audition, everything in once. And so um, we'll let you know when practice is the next time you need to be here. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so we have about a 100-person choir now. That's really good. I'm glad to have that. Uh, we're going to need it. I, uh, speaking of the Christmas production that Chris mentioned, uh, we are, I'm excited about that because we're each service, we have three of those, three showings, and they're about a third of the way full, each of them. That's great. That, that is really good news. Yes, that is really good news. But that also means you might want to go ahead and register you and your family so that you can come because it's Christmas Eve Eve. It's going to be at 2 p.m. and 6-ish, 6 6.30, I can't remember exactly, p.m. And then also, or 2.30 and 6, I believe is what it is. And then on the 24th, which is New Year's, um, Christmas Eve, that is going to be in the morning at 10 a.m., one service there, one, one, one production. And so it's all in-house. We've been, we've been rehearsing, and uh, they forced me to be in it, and I'm excited about it, having a lot of fun. And I, I think, I mean, one of the main stars, she is just hot. I'm not going to say who it is, um, but she's cute. And just like now, she rarely listens to anything I have to say. And so, uh, not a clue. <laughs> We're going to do a marriage, uh, marriage conference in, in February. I want to go ahead and invite everybody to be there as well. <laughs> Uh, but no, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. It is in-house. In fact, we were back one day praying uh, at, near the doors as a staff on Tuesdays, on a Tuesday, and I, in the prayer, I wasn't praying. Somebody else was praying. I was kind of just in the presence of God, listening and paying attention, and I could just see this, what is now our Christmas production. I could just see it in action. It was just like a glimpse like this, and I pulled uh, Pastor Christian and, uh, aside and I said, hey, I see this. I saw this for a Christmas play. This was back in February of this year, and he was just connecting with it. Got it? Got it? I see it. I can write that if you'd like me to, and boom, so he did. And so it's been, it's pretty, a lot of people have had their hands in it. It's, I think it's fabulous. I think it's going to be a great production for you and your family, and really break some ice and really bring some great conversation, some healing moments around, probably for you and your family as well, some times of laughing and some times of, of really, oh, processing but it's going to be really good. Uh, I, it's from our heart, has a freedom edge to it, as we always bring a freedom edge to everything, and um, it's, it's going to be powerful. So I want to encourage you to be there. All right, there's that. We are in our series, uh, Hearing God. This is our second week in Hearing God series. Last week, we talked about that He still speaks, that He does speak, and we said that a couple of things, uh, three of the things that that keep us from hearing him well is an, a polluted heart, a distracted heart, an immature heart, but then he always comes to a prepared heart. And to prepare is really cookies on the bottom shelf, easy. It's I just need to repent. As he brings up sin or I'm aware, I become aware of sin in my life, maybe it's unforgiveness, I just repent. Okay, Lord, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's always right. You're right. And so I repent for that. Please forgive me, Lord, and help me, cleanse me in that area. And so, and then, and then refocus. So I repent from the sin. I just refocus my attention back on the Lord. So I may need to read a little bit, spend time with Him, worship, uh, study His Word, listen to His Word, meditate on His Word, uh, journal a little bit. As you grow, you're going to want more and more. And so that's why I'm giving you all these recommendations. 
and then also the question of just asking him to revive me, Lord. Lord, bring revival back in my heart. Make, make, make your voice sensitive and, and make me sensitive to your voice again. I just want to hear you clearly. I need help. I need direction. I need assistance. And it's as simple as that. And I want to add a fourth, a fourth R this week. Just rest. Like learn to rest. Where everywhere you're anxious and everywhere you're, you're stirred up on the inside, just learn to settle that with the Lord. That's the, most oftentimes I find that that's an, there's an area of my life if I'm stirred and unsettled, there's an area of my life that God is actually inviting me to find freedom and healing and to deal with so that I can actually grow my capacity and my potential in Him. And that's an invitation. And you don't have to. You can continue to stay in chaos and confusion and discontent. That's your choice. But you sure can come to Him and just find peace. Isn't that better? And in peace is where we can really hear His voice well. And so... Uh, we want to get to this point where we can walk in obedience in all things. And obedience is immediate. And the faster we can hear his voice, discern his voice, and tune into his voice, the more obedient in our walk we become, and the more favor he brings our way, the more solutions to our worldly problems he brings from ki- the kingdom of God. And then now we can actually do what we're here to do, is to implement the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, just out of obedience and sensitivity to his voice. All right. I said it real simple, and it really is. We don't have to complicate it. But I want to give you some more, some more uh, input on how he speaks this week, on how he speaks. And so our theme verse was this in John 10, 3 and 5. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, Because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And through this, I'm praying that it's not God's voice that's a stranger's voice in your life. I'm praying that the world's voice and all the chaos is tuned down and turned down so that God's voice can actually be turned up in your life, magnified, And so in the midst of whatever is happening, you can confidently, boldly, and with much peace follow the voice of the Lord. That's my prayer for you. And I'm hoping that you'll start to eliminate some of the distracting voices that are in your life. And there are some some belief systems, we talked about this last week, that say that God no longer speaks. And I truly believe that the greatest, uh, if God does not speak, then the greatest disservice we can do to the body of Christ is to tell them that he wants an intimate relationship with them. Like, God wants to have a relationship with you. Silence. Hey, you want to go out on a date? Sure. What are we going to do? I don't know. I'm just going to sit there and be quiet. (laughs) Hey, you want to hang out? Yeah, what do you want to do? No, what do you want to do? The worst thing we could do is tell people, if God doesn't speak, that they can have a relationship with Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? He still speaks. He desires to speak. He wants you to learn his language. He wants to learn his voice. He's not a silent partner. He's not distant. In fact, he's very up close and personal. And scripture even gives Jesus this nickname, and who, that were, how it represents him one day coming to earth and what we celebrate in Christmas time, in December rather, it's God with Emmanuel, God with us. Like, he is with us. 
He's walking with us. He wants to be with us. He wants to do life with us. He wants to live out this journey with us. And not only do I hope, do I hope that you hear and learn that God speaks, I hope that you hear him speaking to you specifically. Not in theory, but in experience. Not in, I've heard about that. I want you to know that. And so I encourage you to start taking notes. Like, bring a journal in. Bring something in that you can write on. There's something that starts happening when you come in. You're in a prepared environment. People have been praying for you and praying you in. You come in and worship. And now all of your stressors and the chaos and worries of life have kind of subsided until you go searching for them in your mind. They've subsided. And even beyond what I am saying on the platform, the Lord starts to speak to you personally. Even if I, It may be completely abstract to anything I'm saying. The most important thing that you can do is hear the Lord speak to you about a personal situation. That's what he wants to do. That's what I want for you. Because you are going through things that I could never help you with, but the voice of the Lord can help you and straighten and give every solution that you need. So if you'll let him, God is going to speak to you something right here, right now, today, at where, right where you're seated. And I, I, can, I can assure you of that. But here's why. Because God speaks to facilitate friendship. He just wants to be your friend at first. He just wants to try to bring you into to a relationship. He wants you to know you can trust him. It's going to be okay. In Exodus 33, 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Like, I just want to sit down with you and hang out. I just want to be relational here. God's not looking for impressive speech. You don't have to know how to recite the King James Version of the these and the thous. And the, you don't have to say Lord God and Lord God and Lord God. Like, he just wants to be relational. Man, God, I, I really stunk that up there earlier. Would you help me out? Would you help me if I give perspective? Lord, I'm going into this situation, this meeting. Would you give me wisdom? I need some help. Like, I got a mental block. Would you give me some clarity? Like, just simple stuff. Lord, I... I keep doing this thing over and over again. Lord, help me, please. That's what he wants. Just talk to him like you would a friend. He's okay. He knows who he is. He knows who he is. And my, my favorite time personally is to communicate with God in the morning. Like, I'll do it throughout the day, but its foundation is laid in the morning when all is quiet. The, the world hasn't awakened yet. It's peaceful. It's still, the sun hasn't yet, to come, yet come up. I'm sitting there spending time in the Word. I'm, I'm journaling a little bit. I'm pondering. I'll just sit there for you know, minutes and minutes and minutes just meditating, just thinking, just clearing my mind, just settling everything that wants to rise up. And then once I've gone into my time of devotion, I'll bring, I'll bring the stuff of the day into it. Lord, here's some things that I need to get done. What do you think? Here's what I have to get done. Here's what I need to get done. Here's what I want to get done. Here's what I could get done. Lord, what do you say? He starts to order these things in my day, and not only does he do that, but he gives me vision and creative value towards the things that I'm going to accomplish that day, and I'm also settled in my spirit. If everything doesn't happen that day, it's okay. Man, I'm going into the game. I'm going into the day with some, with some godly peace into whatever it is that I'm going to do. And not only that, Lord, what might bother me? What might hang, up, hang me up this day? What might stress me out? 
And I let him bring clarity and help me to ha how to handle those things his way. Boy, it sure is easier. And not only that, because I invite, I invite him into the situation, he brings solutions on the fly, and he brings, he brings things into order for me. And I learn to tune into his voice all along the way in those things that I'm accomplishing, the tasks or the moments, the meetings and the conversation, because I've gone into it with prepared ground of what he wants to do or say or accomplish. It's the Lord that's leading. Isn't that great? Because I can mess some stuff up. But he wants to talk to me like I'm a friend. And number two, second reason, God wants to give me guidance. He wants to give you guidance. You need to know that your God sees the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. God is living both with time and the season of which you were born and the season which you will die. He knows everything in between in your life before, even from before you existed, he knows. So wouldn't it be great to know somebody and hear from somebody who is able to see my life where I'm at from the very end of where my life is best, is best to be? His perfect will, he's calling out from it. It's like literally I'm tethered to a string in the most chaotic corn maze you could ever find, but I know I'm getting to the end and getting to it successfully because I'm just holding on to the string of life. Wouldn't you like to have that? Rather than the voice that's constantly causing me to go through the maze and run into re to, to dead ends and have to turn back around and start back over, and then another dead end, turn back around, start back over. Like you could do it that way. And you know that most of us, because of a lack of preparation and the sensitivity to his voice, we are doing that. And we're exhausted, we're worn down, we're tired, and we say, why do I even try anyway? Well, can I subject, and I, can I give you on a platter another message? That's what I want to do today in this series. In, mess, in, the, in the message, Proverbs 33, 6 says this, listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everything that you do and everywhere that you go, he is the one who keeps you on track. He is the one that realigns. Wait, 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 you're, you're bearing away. Come back on over here. Lord, what do we do in this scenario? Lord, what do you say? Where should I go in, in this situation? Where should I go now? What should I do? I love, I love recently, my, it's obviously taking place in the kids' ministry, that my kids are saying, I'm listening to God. I'm, I'm going to go find, I need to find my, it's this, uh, not elf on the shelf, but it's a shepherd, little shepherd boy. And I, I need to find shepherd boy. God said he's up there in my toy pile. Okay, then go up there and check. Or God tells me, God told me to stop doing that. Okay, then stop doing that. Now I love that they're cultivating, both of them are doing it, they're cultivating this practice, whether it's right right now or not, does not matter. The fact that they're aware that they want to start to hear the still, still small voice in their hearts is what matters. And he'll catch on to that, and he'll start to key in, and he'll start to give direction, and they'll start to get revelation and clarity, and boom, it will catch. We are not different. We are not different. The only difference is they probably have a little more pure hearts than, than we do. But not see everything that you see is going on. So number three is this. Hang on. Uh, yeah, God speaks to provide perspective. Like he's like, can I challenge you on that thought, that stuff that you're ruminating on? Can I challenge you? Because not everything that you see is going on. It's what's going on. Like I know what you see, but that not, that's not necessarily the truth. Can I help 
shape perspective of what's going on. Sometimes there's, there's things that you are seeing and that you are aware of, but God is doing something completely different on the backside of that or completely different in spite of that. And if you focus on the wrong things and if you're already set on what is, you'll miss what God is saying. And never live by what you see, rather live by what God is saying. Yeah, I can see that's going on, but here's what God says. Yeah, I can see that looks like what the outcome would be, but here's what God says. Yes, I know that that would be typically and logically the scenario and the outcome, but here's what God says. We've got to give God some space to make some miracles take place in our lives and in the lives of others, and they're watching how are they going to handle this situation. Here's what God says. God is living both in the natural and the supernatural world. Next week, uh, one of my favorite teachers is coming. Michael Cheney is his name. He looks like Santa Claus, but don't tell him I said that. But he is an, a phenomenal teacher. He's, uh, he's one of the heads at Quest Life. If you haven't been there or been through that, Quest or Fellowship of the Sword, same company, same organization, I encourage you to look up questlife.com. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal ministry. Well, he's coming because I'm going to Israel on Saturday. I've been invited by a Jewish organization to go and tour around Israel, go to the Gaza Strip, go to Golan Heights. They're wanting it to completely Jewish, not Messianic Jewish, Jewish. They're wanting non-Jews to come in. They, they, they're, they're, they invited 25 of us, pastors, influencers, to come to Israel. They're going to take us on a tour. We're going to go to these affected places. We'll go to the Memorial of the Missing. We'll go uh, up north in the Golan Heights as well. And they want us to come back and just say, hey, would you just share the truth of what's really happening here? Would you just tell the, tell the truth? And that's great. I can do that. I think God is, is really uh, concerned about Christians and Jews coming together. And you know what, really, if it boils down to it, this whole thing is all a big a sibling rivalry. It, it, it's, it's a, you, ever had a, you ever had a child that's all upset because they didn't get what the other child got, and, and really you're trying to bless both children, and, and one of them is constantly trying to cause problems in the rest of the family, and that's all this is. It, it, it's all it is. It starts with Abraham. And in haste, Abraham had a child with Hagar, still Abraham's son, and actually it has to come to come about in some day that they also receive the blessing through Isaac, of Isaac, the, the line of Isaac, but that's coming to Christ. And that's all people coming to Christ. You mess with your heart a little bit right there. But do you know what they do, have done? Do you know what you've done? Do you know what I've done? Still deserve love. still need Christ and so we're going and I'll be back in a week and I'll share the following weekend how things are going and give you testimony and all those fun things but we have to go by walking by faith and not by sight we walk by faith and not by sight yes I see all the things that are going on but what does God say so what does it look like when God speaks? And while there are many ways or ways it's made known, you may say manifestations of, 
there's really only one vehicle. And let me show you how he spoke to Elijah. It gives us an example. In 1 Kings 19 and 11, it says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And that's what we want to key into is that gentle whisper of God that wants to guide you in and through scenarios and situations and bring solutions to your life. It's that through that method of the whisper, whisper that he becomes your friend, that he gives you perspective, that he, that he gives you guidance as well. It's tuning in to that still, small voice. Number one, he whispers encouragement. God is not condemning you. He's not shaming you. He's not ranting over you. He knows you. He knows you better than he know, you know you. He is trying to reach you with encouragement through a whisper. Romans 8, 16 says this, the Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our heart and tells us that we are God's children. And that brings us peace. That brings us comfort because we also have the voices that are constantly competing. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't see you. He doesn't know you. You're, you're, you're on your own. No, I'm not. Because I know deep in my heart, he whispers that I am his child. And he takes care of his kids. Isaiah 55, 3 in the message says, pay attention, come close now, listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting covenant uh, commitment with you, the same that I made with David, sure, solid, enduring in love. And this right here challenges us. This is why for some of us, it's hard for us to trust that we are hearing God and the, it's hard for us to trust the voice of God that we hear. Here's why. Because we've never had people in our lives who are sure, solid, and enduring in love. Now, I can see these people. I see all of this. And they've let me down. They said things that they didn't come through with. They said they would be there, but they weren't. They said they would love me forever, but they, they don't. And so we walk by sight rather than by faith, even though we know we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. And so we struggle to hear and to trust this voice, but in reality, once we learn to trust this voice, we'll find out that he's sure, he's solid, and it's enduring in love. God knows what you did, but he's still in love with you anyway. He knows what you do, but he's still declaring, I love you. You're my child. Why? God could draw you in and say, you're my child. I love you. I agape. Unconditionally, I love you. You know you can't earn his love? That messes with us because we, we're constantly trying to earn something from somebody. Sorry, you get it for free. I'm so proud of you. The enemy's shaming, and God is saying, I know you did that, but that's not who you are. I'm so proud of you. It just, that kind of love just messes with your heart a little bit. Because humans, we kind of want to punish ourselves, right? Like, you accidentally hurt somebody. Here, hit me, hit me, hit me, make it right, hit me. 
for what? In our minds, we think it has to go that way. God doesn't see you as what you've done, but rather as who you will become. God is here at the end of this saying, I'm declaring this over you. That's not, what you. that's not who you are. That's not what you do. You're just acting out right now. You're just misbehaving. You're just acting like somebody outside of your character. Here's who you are. I do that with my kids, Nathan and Naomi. They'll be acting all kind of dysfunctional and wild. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not who you are. You're a good boy. You're a good girl. You're smart. You're kind. And you're, you're, you're generous. I tell them both of them, they'll look at me and they'll start to change their thinking a little bit because that's who they are. They're acting like a, a, a troubled child. I said, that's what troubled children do. That's not who you are. They have to reassess. You know God is doing that with us? That's what the Holy Spirit's job is to do? Hey, you're righteous. You're not lust. You're pure. You're not a liar. You're, you're honest. You're... No, you're not, you don't lack integrity. You're full of integrity. You're, you're consistent in every area of your life. This is what the Holy Spirit is, is convicting us of righteousness, according to John. The way you're righteous. That's not you. What are you doing? Don't, don't do that. That's way outside of your character. Here's who you are. That's what, that's what God does with it. That's why he wants the, us to hear his voice, and that's why the enemy doesn't want us to hear his voice, because the enemy wants us to say, yeah, you might as well just go ahead and do everything else anyway, because God doesn't love you. You've already done it once, you might just keep on doing it. Great, and get further and further away from the perfect will of God. The second, he, he whispers warnings. He whispers warnings. I wouldn't, wouldn't do that if I were you. You get, this, you get this check in your spirit. Something ain't right. Or at least it's not right now. Acts 16, 6 and 7 says, They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Can you believe that? What do you mean? You're supposed to just preach and preach and preach and, and just go and go and go. No, it actually wasn't the time. There were some other things that God has to set up from, from time to time. There's other things that God is doing. I need to be in tune with the Lord for when he wants what to happen and how. I have no idea. Probably not ours. It would be really loud right outside of that, that door right there. This happens about every Sunday or every, every few Sundays across the, the way. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Like, nope, not right now. I know it's a good thing. I know, I know it's the right thing. But it's not the now thing. Sometimes we, we've got to understand that God is developing some things within probably Paul in that day in the group, probably Probably the people in Asia as well. He's, he's forming some things. Okay, Lord, your timing is best. He says, after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit did not permit them. We need to have that sensitivity with the voice of the Lord so we have that check in our heart. When things happen, we're like, wait a minute. Or when they don't happen, wait a minute. Or when we're about to go, wait a minute. Or no, it's all green light. Let's go. And God in his goodness has protected me from many things. I can, I can tell you, I can go find some stuff to get into. Like when I was, especially pre-salvation, like I was a professional sinner. Like if I did anything really well, it was sin. And I found new ways to sin. Like I'm to explore this thing of, of sin here. But I would find myself, even after salvation, veering back to that old sin life. None of you can understand. But I start to veer back to that old sin life. 
Get into a relationship that I was ready to be in relationship. But God was like, that's not who I have for you. That's not who I have for you. I want you to cut that off. I remember there was a time where I just felt so distanced from the Lord. And the Lord literally said, I want, I want you to break this off with that, in that relationship. And as hard as it was and as hurtful as it felt like I was being towards the other person, made that call, broke that relationship off, I'm telling you, in that moment when I hung up the phone, I could feel the presence of God so thick and so strong in my life. I just broke down crying because of, I, I was so empty and devoid of his presence. And I, would remind, I was reminded in that moment, Lord, this is what I want. I want your presence. And I want this person. I want the things. I want everything that you have for me. I want your desires to be my desires. And I'm, I repent. I'm sorry. We have to have that sensitivity in walking with the Lord. You may hear him say, don't do it. In the secret. Can I just tell you, God is less, less concerned about your public life, and he's got a really bright highlighting of light on your private life. Like the little things that are still left in the private life, do you know why? Because he knows that those things will actually in, in, uh, hinder your growth in the public sector. He's like... I want to deal with these things, not because I'm condemning you or shaming you or putting guilt on you. I want you to deal with these things. I want to deal with these things with you so you can have a magnified public life, so I can put more favor on you. But without this, this hidden things being dealt with when this, under, this under the spotlight, I can't further you in the calling and the purpose that I have for you. This is God's desire to call you into more greatness by dealing with the stuff. And let's be honest, we all have stuff. And we sometimes hesitate coming to God because we don't want him to know our stuff because we're ashamed of our stuff. He's like, I know that stuff. That's the stuff I'm trying to clean up. Can we do some things together? Man, he loves you. You may be here and get help. Like, you don't have to tell everybody your stuff, but you need to tell somebody. Somebody needs to know. Not everybody. In 1 John 1, 9 says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Thank the Lord. Our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we're, we're walking around in unrighteousness, it's because we haven't confessed our sins to God. And we're, if we're feeling unforgiveness, unforgiven, it's because we just need to confess. Yeah, Lord, I did that stupid thing again. Okay. Will you, will you forgive me, Lord? Yes. Let's clean you up. You're righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. But you can't do it on your own because James 5.16 also says, confess your trespasses to one another. No, you cannot do it on your own. And pray for one another that you may be healed. So I, I get forgiven when I confess to the Lord, but I get healed of it whenever I confess to a brother. And I don't need to just be forgiven. I need to be healed and set free from that thing so it doesn't cycle around in my life and come back around and come back around and come back around. Do you know that that's probably, even though you're repenting and asking for, for forgiveness, forgiveness over something, why it keeps coming back? Because you haven't disclosed what's in the dark to a brother or to a sister. And I mean dude with dude and girl with girl. It gets weird otherwise. Lord, that's another series. And I got plenty of testimony to give you. 
Isaiah 30, 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in that. That's what I need. I need to make it really, I need it to be really clear and really loud. And number three, he whispers direction. He whispers direction. And some of you are making a decision about a marriage or a, a job or a, or, or, or a business venture or a purchase or whatever it is. And I'm, I'm going to tell you with wisdom, just let the emotions start to subside about it. Like just let the mo- emotions rest. Give it back away enough so that the emotions behind it start to settle. And the secret is to involve God in the whole process. Lord, is, is this the direction? Is this what you'd have for me? Is this what, is this what I need to do? And, and then I'm going to back away from it. And when you back away from it and literally stop looking over it, all of a sudden God will well something up inside of you of, yep, that's it, or nope, that's not. And I can, I can tell you right now, I can pray with you, but I can't pray for you for God's voice. It's, I can't be God's voice for you. But I sure can pray and say, yep, that's, that, that seems like confirmation of what you're saying. That, that sounds like God. That sounds like God. In Luke 2, 27, it says, Moved by the Spirit, he, Simeon, went into the temple courts. We need that divine guidance. Paul was impressed upon by the Holy Spirit. Acts 20 and 22 says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Sometimes we stay away from godly situation, God's purpose, because we're so afraid that we're not adequate enough. We're so afraid that we'll never be able to fulfill it. We're so afraid that it just won't work out. We're so afraid that we might get our feelings hurt. We're so afraid. You fill in the blank, but yet we know God is calling us towards it. And we quench the presence and the power and the voice of God in our lives because we push him away because we're so afraid. We're here to not live by what we see, but rather that by what God says. Number four, he whispers dreams. Job 33, 14 says, For God speaks again and again. He speaks in dreams and in visions of the night. Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your, your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. God is desiring to put something new inside of you. He is never done with any of us. He is always trying to revive and restore. He's always trying to reconcile. He's always trying to recreate. He's always in the developmental process. He is not an American culture mentality uh, God. He's not an institutionalized God. He's not, well, if you just work 50 years, you can retire God. He's at that point, I'm going to renew you again. I'm going to purge you of some other things and, and revive you into another direction. He's not done. You may be hearing him say, go all in. Give God your best. Make a difference. That's our response. Speak to me, Lord. I'm open to hear. Which is a point in itself. Are you open to hear what God says whenever he speaks anyway? 
Are you willing to change your life for the purposes and the sake of God if he should speak? 1 Samuel 3, 9 says, Speak, Lord, for your servant. When is the last time you said that? When's the last time without there being chaos and a problem, you being in desperation, you being in a situation of, I don't know how this is going to work out if. But you just woke up and said, God, I just love you for you. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When's the last time that took place in your life? Because that's what he wants. He loves that. Speak to me, Lord. I'm eager to respond. And would you be eager to respond? Or would you doubt it? Would you weigh it? Would you dismiss it? Or would you honor his voice? John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Can I pray for you right now? Because I just want you to focus in on what is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? What big decision has the Lord been putting on your heart? And then I want you to focus in on what's going on in your heart about the very thing that you know the Lord has been speaking to you about. Notice how you're responding already to that still, small voice. And I know some, sometimes we're concerned or we're furious or how do we know if it's, if it's Lord, the Lord? Does it line up with God's word? Does it bring peace? Even in the midst of, oh my gosh, that's going to be crazy, but I feel peace anyway. That's weird. That's God. Does godly counsel agree? Like, are you, do you have to hide it? Do you have to hide elements of it in order to even communicate it or share it? Do you? Are you trying to push it forward with your own will and ambition? Then lastly, will it make you more Christ-like? And if you can answer those appropriately and adequately, then by all means, it's time to start testing the Word of God in your life. So Father, right now, I just pray for clarity across the room. I pray, I pray for hearts that are prepared. I pray for souls that are willing to yield to the Spirit, to be strengthened, to be edified, to be built up, to be healed, to be forgiven, to be revived. And Lord, I pray for a sensitivity, sensitivity to your voice like never before. In Jesus' name I pray. Can I get a good amen?